0: to the fourth episode of the Canon Watt Podcast. As always, we appreciate you listening. This is Canon, and I have my wonderful co-host with me here. Watt, what's going on, man? <laughs> <I'm> feeling <laughs> so
1: good,
0: man. feeling good. Yeah, good, 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 man. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. So, you know, we definitely have a lot to talk about today. Um, you know, we take we're taking a break from the four-league breakdown to discuss some happenings around the league. Of course, we want to start with the early exit for Team USA. I think we all knew how vulnerable this team was going to be, you know, considering the experience of the other FIFA uh, teams and, you know, the the overall roster construction of of USA, you know, does this surprise you? It's hard to say. Well,
1: first of all, I want to say, uh, uh, we We definitely had incredible uh feedback from uh the new social media pages i'm very excited- absolutely for uh, sure we continue uh, look forward to continue to uh interact with you guys uh but but to get back to the topic uh it's not really surprising i can't really say it's surprising that they lost you know everybody knew going into the tournament that this was this was a uh a weaker team for the u s a but I think it is a little surprising, just I don't know, just just the fact that they're they they can not finish higher than seventh place. I, I think know, that's a little surprising. I didn't expect disappointing. Them, you know yeah, I didn't expect them to finish you know that bad, and I don't know they they just never i mean obviously you know it's a step back in the talent for the team this year, but you know we still should have the best talent on the floor, and I don't know it just hasn't looked like that, like the team never really had a dominant moment, really like that.
0: Well, you know, I think even though they had pretty good players on the roster, I mean, you know, certainly the, the roster wasn't filled with bums. But, you know, you're you're really asking Kimber Walker, Kimber Walker, Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, when Marcus Smart is in the game, kind of losing some uh, flexibility offensively. You're asking those guys to defend the perimeter uh, against some of the more seasoned, you know, NBA – I'm sorry, seasoned PIBA teams, uh, and, you know, it goes to show, you know, you, you have guys like Evan Fournier who in the league, you know, they might not play so well, or, you know, they might not have incredible seasons, but, in know, in FIBA play where they're more featured, the offense is ran to get them open shots and, and things like that. They can do damage against the team.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree exactly with what you said. Uh, you know, I think another thing, it just amazes me how like, you know, some of these international players, how they, you know, they don't really do that much in the league, but they go to the to the FIBA, they just snap.
0: Like they go my, off. Favorite,
1: <laughs> my favorite used to be uh I don't know if everybody remember this one, but Carlos Arroyo mm-hmm. played for Puerto Rico on the national team. He didn't do that much in the league. He was a league player, but he get to the to the international tournament. He just killed the USA every time. Absolutely.
0: And I mean, you know, it goes to show how talented these players actually are in the NBA, you know, when they're they're putting a different a different light, they they snap, you know, they go off.
1: <laughs> so and I think I think yeah. another thing I think another thing that hurt uh, USA was they, they didn't really have a lot of like really like wings, quality wings on the roster, especially after Jason Tatum got hurt. You mm-hmm. know, they had like a bunch of, you know, guards, point guards. Had a few big men, but they they really didn't have, you know, a lot of wing depth, and I think that came back to hurt them. But you know, it's kind of a you know kind of a transition year. It would be interesting to see. You know, the last time that USA got embarrassed like this, it was definitely like a big focus. You know, you know, bring USA back to the status that they deserve. So it would be interesting to see to see if that, you know, happens moving forward. I think it will definitely happen happen in the Olympics, but I think I could see the World Cup. You know. Players are on shorter contracts nowadays, and you know they're worrying about their health and all this type of stuff. It'll be interesting to see. It might be a thing where the World Cup just you know isn't that important for us anymore.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think you uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there for sure. I mean, the players do have a lot to worry about when you know playing in a tournament like this. Um, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see if the NBA has any type of reaction to this. Um, You know, I I don't know if it's an answer, but, you know, if in FIBA years, uh, years like this when when players have to compete, if the NBA would be willing to shorten the preseason by a few weeks um, to just increase player participation, um, you know, I I know players, you know, players absolutely, you know, what they strive to do and what they get better in the offseason for is for their franchise, you know, they're there to make their teams better. And, you know, Kemba, Kemba Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they might not have even played if they didn't want to get reps in with each other, um, you know, in a highly competitive environment. So it really, you know, I'm not sure if there will be any reactions at all, you know, if anything is going to change, but I would like to see, you know, some of the, the more reputable players to either play Uh, You know, when this comes up or like you said, you know, kind of take it back to, you know, college players and give them uh, an opportunity to shine. Um, But, you know, USA wants to win. (laughs) You know, USA wants to win. I mean, we we have the best basketball league in the world, so we should win every time.
1: Yeah, we definitely should win every time. And um, speaking of, you brought up the Celtics players. Uh, two two out of their four players got hurt. I mean, they're minor injuries, of course, but, you know, you never want to see a player get hurt in the off season. so going back to the point that you said about the injuries, you know, people are trying to protect themselves from that, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if, like, there's any carryover effects into the season. For sure. That's something
0: I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this year, just to see, you know, how that really affects some of the FIFA players. Not Not only the players from the USA, but some of the uh, international players like Bogdanovich, Nikola Jokic, uh, Evan Fourier, Rudy Gobert—you know, players like that—who, you know, especially you know, the, the France, uh, the France team, and in um, the Spain team to a lesser effect. You know, some of the teams that are still left. You know, still some uh, NBA players kind of spliced throughout. Um, you know, them playing deeper into the tournament, how that really affects their season going forward.
1: Yeah, and uh, speaking of you brought up Jokic, it was surprising to see uh, Serbia fall out pretty, uh, pretty early, too. I think they,
0: I know, especially the way that, you know, they were playing early on, even though they did turn around and beat us again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, they, they certainly did.
0: So, you know, um, I actually posted this most recently. Um, you know, I recently read the, the KD article. Of course, you sent me that. You know, thank you for, for sending that to me for sure. Uh, it was a great article. Um, you know, KD definitely went into a lot about, you know, how he felt about certain parts of the season, you know, how he really thinks about the game, you know, different things that are important to him. And um, I think this is the first time that KD has really opened up, you know, to the media in this capacity. And, you know, it was it was refreshing. The, the article was well, well written, of course, um, the Wall Street Journal posted it, you know, if you haven't read it, I advise that, you know, everyone go out and read that article. But, you know, it was really nice, first of all, to <laughs> kind of peel back the curtain, pull back the curtain to see, you know, exactly how lavish the lifestyle <laughs> that KD lives, uh, living in a house right now in, in Beverly Hills that's $90,000 a month in rent, um, you know, the infinity pool that they mentioned, uh, the, the the chef bringing him the, the, the meal, the food, I mean, you know, um, it was it was really nice to, to see that, but it was it was more importantly it was really nice to see how he kind of internalized what ha- what happened to him when he left OKC, and also how he felt while he was with the Golden State Warriors.
1: Yeah, uh, first before I give you a response, I just got to say, who told KD to take all these pictures with with no sock on? I mean, <laughs> he, got the, he got he got size size 17 pterodactyl. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> We didn't need to see all
0: that. <laughs> Listen, I actually thought the pictures were necessary. Like I I thought that they were, you know, wow. good accompanying images for the tone, the overall tone desired for that article. I just felt like, you know, Katie was kinda like bearing it all, you know, kind of like, this is me. Whoa. Um <laughs> pause on that. Wow, weird, but weird. yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I thought that you know, I didn't mind the pictures at all. You know, I you know, I, I, I thought that you know, for the overall tone of the article that it did fit even though, you know, yeah, he could have maybe put a sneak on or something like that.
1: (laughs) Something, please. Uh, To uh, to go back to the original question, or to the original response, I should say. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, This is uh, probably uh, one of the most, like, extended, like, honest interviews that we've gotten from KD in a while. Um, He's definitely, you know, trying to make it known that, uh, I guess he, you know, he has his peace of mind. He's he, he's tired of people or the media, you know, constantly, you know, questioning whether he's happy or his mental health and whatnot. Uh, I guess my question, my question to you is, uh, well, first, I guess, where did you, where, where did you stand or where do you stand on KD? You know, obviously since KD has gone to the Warriors, there's been kind of a split between like, you know, the people that don't like KD. A lot of people st- stop liking KD at that moment. Uh, some people became fans. I guess where what side of the boat were you on, and did this uh, did this article, you know, change your maybe change your perception of him a little bit?
0: So you know, to start, I mean, when he went to Golden State, I, I thought that was the worst move ever. I'm I'm going to be completely honest. I you know I called it a bitch move, straight straight up. <laughs> so um, you know, I was I was completely on that side of the spectrum. You know, I didn't respect uh, the championships that that he had in Golden State, even though he played phenomenally. Um, You know, I I really just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way uh, from a competitive standpoint. Um, You know, I would have liked to see him do something different. Um, But after reading the article, it did, you know, change my perspective a little bit. Um, It kind of reminded me that, you know, Katie is... A person you know he kind of has his own thoughts you know his own wants and desires and he was really just looking for a place that he would be happy playing basketball and I think that really comes comes to light when he started to talk about you know how he felt about the city of you know Oklahoma City um, how he felt about the, the fans and the staff and you know the executives that were there how he he felt you know extremely close to that city and now he won't he doesn't want to be attached. To his quote that he didn't want to be attached to that city any longer. Um, you know, it really, it really just you know kind of put things into perspective for me when it came to KD, and um, it, it made me just kind of step back and respect his game, uh, what he brings to the NBA, uh, what he you know what he brings to the court every night, uh, and just his overall work ethic. Um, you know, it definitely changed my, my perspective on him. And, you know, now I have you know, I have more respect for him. I mean, I think that the overall, overall, um, the overall dynamic of KD's image in the public is going to change regardless with him being in Brooklyn and bring, being in a new environment. And I think that, you know, the timing of this article and, you know, of course it being in black and white because of Brooklyn, you know, the timing of this article was perfect. You know, I think this goes as a. Uh, I, I think that you know the, the reason that he put the article out in the first place was to kind of change the narrative a bit, um, because I, I think this is the first step to to altering his image in the league, and I think that that's gonna that Brooklyn is gonna be a nice home for him to do that.
1: Yeah. So for me, I was actually, excuse me, actually like went the opposite way. Um, I was kind of a KD hater a little bit when he was on the Thunder uh, because I'm definitely, a, you know, a, a Russell Westbrook, a Russell, excuse me, Russell Bestbrook friend. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite players in the league.
0: As, as is mine, yeah.
1: <laughs> And I felt that, you know, Russell like took on a lot of crit- criticism by when KD was on the team. So when he went to the Warriors, I was kind of, I don't know, I was kind of neutral about it. You know, in my mind, it's like, I mean, this is like something that I know. I know a lot of people, people would argue that it's different, but I feel like it's pretty much the same thing that uh, LeBron did, you know, a few years prior, or in fact, when he went when he went, to, uh, went to Miami, it's kind of like a similar thing that LeBron uh, did. And now, you know, KD's like everybody loved him for that, but now everybody hates KD for this. But you know, he went to to the Warriors. You know, everybody talks about how he, how he went to a 72 and 10 team and whatnot. But he went to that team and became their best player, won two finals MVPs. He earned a lot of respect from me, you know, in the last few years. Um, So I definitely, you know, kind of went back to being a fan of his and then reading this article uh, yesterday. uh, It definitely helped put a lot of things into perspective for me. Like before I read the article, I was seeing, uh, you know, a lot of quotes online about things that he said, uh, one of the popular ones was about the Oklahoma City uh, mm-hmm. quote. Oh, he'll never have the same respect for that town again. You know, he'll never. Nothing will be like it once was, or yeah, what it once was when he was there. Yeah. Uh, but what the quotes online didn't include was the, the parts before that, where they talk about you know people walking up to his house or properties and vandalizing it, and you know, shooting, that's, it's a shooting. step too far for sure. Yeah shooting bullet holes through his jersey. Um they didn't say it in an article, but uh I think if memory serves me correct, there was a time or there was a moment where, you know, fans were harassing his his, his mother and his family in the in the arena when they came back to play. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of the stuff, you know, when you see all this kind of stuff going on, you know, how how can you, you know, have the same, you know, how can you have the same respect or same love for that city? Uh so I definitely I definitely agree with him there. You know, the article also pointed out how he donated like a million dollars to the tornado victims and, you know, all this stuff that he did for the community. But now just because a player moves away, uh, everybody just, just treats you like trash. So I definitely, uh, you know, shows the player's perspective, the human side of it. You know, a lot of fans don't think about that side. Um, so I definitely like that.
0: For sure. And, you know, I definitely want to touch on that, um, you know, with, with the fan thing i mean definitely some of those actions were incredibly too far but you know i think that it's a bit of a misunderstanding from the fan perspective and from kd's perspective you know i'm sure that kd felt that the relationships that he built in okc while he was there while he was helping the community the strong relationships that he built with the staff i'm sure that he didn't think that you know leaving them you know, to to go to Golden State when he was a free agent would cause such an uproar, um, you know, cause, cause, you know, those relationships that he felt were so close to him and he felt that were so important to him kind of crumbled before his eyes. Um, you know, from the, from the, the fan perspective, you know, something that I don't think that KD uh, may have considered is that, you know, that same, that same love that, you know, he, he fell for them and, you know, he couldn't understand why they would treat him that way is that same love that kind of caused that reaction from them, you know, because, you know, fans of sports, us included, you know, we, we like to take things personal um, with players. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that a lot of OKC fans kind of had the, the the thought process of, you know, how could he do this to us? You know, how could he leave us for, you know, a team that kind of crushed our title dreams, you know, um, you know you want to especially KD, who's you know pretty much a hero to their city, you want him to be fighting on your side. So when he leaves and you know kind of you know, in, in the fashion that he did leave, um, you know he kind of becomes the enemy there, and sure, you know things things definitely um, went too far with, with some of the things that happened. And, you know, that's sad because I'm sure in a few years, OKC would definitely welcome KD home like a son. You know, I hope that, you know, at some point they could kind of mend their differences, you know, and have a reunion, so, you know, somewhat like how Vince Carter you know, finally got back to Toronto and, um, you know, he was received by them and that, that meant a lot to him. You know, maybe that's something that happens down the line for KD. Yeah,
1: I, I just don't understand why, you know, Fans can be mad at a player but just be a fan, you know. Scream at him, heckle at him, cuss him out, whatever but Exactly,
0: but don't <laughs> Yeah, don't go too far. That's that's uh that's too much.
1: Yeah. Um Another. but you know
0: Yeah, you know, how do you think he he's going to come back from the unless you had something else
1: to mention? Yeah, I had, I had a couple of things I wanted to mention. Sure. Uh the first thing was it was it was definitely a popular uh a popular, you know, idea, idea or thing to say in the media, how, you know, KD was never a true warrior, a true warrior, you know, that wasn't his team. You know, they can never accept, they can never accept uh, him. Like they accepted Steph and the guys. Um, so it was pretty interesting to see him saying the article, yeah, that, that was pretty much true. He like kind of thought the same thing. I thought that was, I, I was actually kind of surprised he actually said that. Um, so that kind of factored into him leaving. Mm-hmm. Um and then and the other thing I wanted to bring up was obviously <clears throat> KD's, uh, you know, been kind of famous, infamous for his uh, social media use. You know, some of that self-inflicted with the Burner accounts and all that.
0: Yeah, but I actually liked, yeah, I liked the, the, how he went into that and, you know, kind of explained his his thought process behind it and, you know, really shed a new light on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Burner accounts was whack, but I kind of <laughs> like how he, he, he kind of fully leaned into it after that. He just, you know, finally came out. Now he's on, like you said, he's on Instagram every day. You could tell he's responding to whoever. I thought it was cool to see the stories about how he responded to like random people, random kids, you know, giving them advice and whatnot. I thought that was a sure. pretty cool thing to see. Uh, but uh, man, the social media thing, I, I just don't see why players get so wrapped up in social media though, but I mean, it's just part of our day and age. Uh, but, you know, KD's going to make his do what, he do what he wants to do, but I just hope that he, you know, continues to interact or use it in a positive way, you know, going forward. For sure, for sure. Um, now we can get to your question.
0: Yeah, you know, I, you know, how do you think he's going to come back from, you know, the Achilles injury?
1: It's really interesting, man, because you know, my head, my 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 mind is telling me that, you know, he's thirty one years old. You know, this is a devastating injury. Nobody really comes back the same. Which I don't think he'll come back the same, but at the same time, like his game is like, you know, so good. It's, his game is <laughs> <brief. Seriously. laughs> like he doesn't. I mean, he like he. I mean, he can shoot as long as he can get his shot off. You know, in a comfortable manner. You know, he definitely has a chance to still be a dangerous, a dangerous player. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope he comes back. You know, as well as he can. You know, because I, I just hate you know seeing, especially like very good players, future Hall of Famers. I hate seeing them get, you know, hurt at the height of their careers and and never play the same again. It's just like kind of robbing, you know, fans of a great thing. So I I hope he comes back as good as he can. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, I think, I personally think that he's going to be fine. You know, I
0: don't, of course, I, I would be stupid to say even with modern, modern medicine that he's going to come back and be the same, the same guy. But, you know, I feel that at at the, the level of Katie's talent, even if he comes back at seventy-five or eighty percent, he'll still be better than most of the league. <laughs> you know, he's still going to be an amazing player. And like you said, you know, his ability to shoot kind of trends well in any circumstance. And, you know, of course, Katie is about seven foot, you know, he it won't be easy for anyone to contest that shot regardless. So uh, you know, I don't think that he's going to have the same agility level, but certainly he's no one to sleep on. He's still going to be a dangerous player. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him to, to come back as best as possible and, um, you know, hope he can still, you know, put his stamp on the lead when he, when he gets back uh, back to
1: playing. Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is, like, I'm reading the article and I'm seeing the type of rehab he's going through. He's getting, like, lasers on his calf and ankle. He's going off this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost think, It almost makes you think, like, he could come back at full strength. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. at the same time, you figure, like, other people that have gone through Achilles injuries have probably done a lot of the same thing. So, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm, I'm hopeful.
0: Definitely. Definitely. You know, um, definitely get well soon, KD. Uh wishes, <laughs> <vicious>, man. You <laughs> <laughs> supposed, supposed to send him a get well card? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so you know we can we can move on to the next topic here. Um, want to touch on Dwight Howard? Whoa! <laughs> <sighs> want to touch on how Dwight Howard is going to be on the Los Angeles Lakers this year? Let me readdress that that statement there. So um, of course you know Dwight uh, signed you know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure on the details of the contract right now. I think it's uh, it partially guaranteed for a year.
1: Um, I think they said he gets paid, like, by the game or something like that, non-guaranteed okay. deal, but he gets paid by the game. Okay.
0: So, you know, it's definitely I, – I, I don't know if it's because of his injury last year. I mean, the last time he, he played in Charlotte, he played well. Um, you know, he's really in uh, – it seems like – some, maybe the the best shape of his career, Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but he he looks great. Um, You know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure exactly what role he's going to have on the Lakers this year, whether they choose to, you know, run uh, a big front, you know, front court and, you know, play him and AD together, or if he's someone that's going to come off the bench, but uh, I do think that he's going to help them. You know, I, I still think in the 16th season, he's still a walking double-double, uh, just with his ability to to rebound and and also uh, you know dive as a as a pick and roll uh, pick and roll scorer, <laughs> and um, you know of course offensive rebounds, putbacks, things like that. You know, we'll see if he gets enough minutes to actually register that double-double. But um, you know, I still think that he's effective as a player, and I think that. He's actually underrated um, because of the you know different things that he's gone through in his career. Um, you know, I would like to see him see him kind of recapture that and have a have a good productive season with the Lakers.
1: Yeah, uh, Dwight, I think the I think the sky is kind of lim- kind of the limit for him. To be honest, I mean, um, Ad Ad wants to play the four. So if you take him out of the center, out of the center spot, I think the only real, only other real center they have is Javale McGee. So, you know, Dwight can definitely um, has the possibility to to make a big uh, impact on this team. Um, he, uh, like you said, I mean, he definitely still has the skills. His problem was always, I guess, his chemistry with his teammates, and also he just didn't, you know refuse to buy into the role that he needs to play. You know, he, he needs to focus on setting screens, uh, rolling to the rim, protecting the rim,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which he's, he's still very good at. But, you know, Dwight is, uh, for a long time now, wanted to, or has fancied himself as like a low post beast or something like that. And mm-hmm. once they get all these post-ups and it just ruins the flow of the offense and everything. Uh, as long as he, you know, doesn't, you know, come in asking for that or expecting that or trying to play that way, I think he could definitely, you know, help the team out a lot. Um, like you said, he looks like he's in very good shape. I mean, obviously, Dwight has always been strong, but now he looks, you know, more flexible and has more functional mobility, it looks like, which mm-hmm. uh he's almost, like, too strong for basketball before. Now he can actually, like, maybe he can, like, actually extend his arms when he shoots or something. I don't know. But <laughs> But yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I think that, you know, I think that that definitely hindered him in the past, you know, wanting a different role and really not, you know, falling into the role and that he, he really should be playing and trying to do other things on the court. But I think with the presence of LeBron and Anthony Davis, those two star superstars of that caliber, I think that Dwight is more likely to kind of fall in line and, and play the role that he should be playing. Um So, you know, I think that the Lakers are actually, you know, a good spot for him, you know, out of all of the different teams that he could have gone to, uh, going to a team like that with those players uh, could be helpful.
1: Yeah. And one thing that we can't ignore is obviously his history with the Lakers. You know, he definitely left that team, that city on bad terms. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how they'll accept him when he comes back. You know, I think it would definitely, it would definitely be, I mean it won't be um immediate acceptance. It's definitely gonna take some time, some work. Obviously the results on the on the on the court is what's gonna matter the most. You know, if he as long as he does what he's supposed to do, then the fans will accept him pretty quickly. Um but even with the way his contract is set up, you see the team still doesn't trust him yet. So right. he's definitely he definitely has a lot to prove this season. Um he says he he says he uh he's got his mind right, so you know we'll see we'll see how that happens i'm not too convinced cuz that hairstyle he got right now is kind of ridiculous <laughs> i was waiting for it <laughs> i was waiting for
0: it. um i'm you know it uh remains to be seen if that's going to last for the season uh you know maybe that's him trying to you know reshape his image in some way i'm not sure but um yeah i hopefully he got to that <laughs> but um you know, what do you think about, you know, Dwight's overall career, uh, the legacy that he's going to leave behind? and You know, how do you think this season is going to impact that overall?
1: Yeah, man, Dwight, Dwight's uh, legacy, I mean, I think he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer, but obviously, you know, all this stuff that's happened, you know, pretty much since he's left the Magic, uh, it just kind of, you know, he's definitely fallen out of favor with the fans and the media um it's kind of it's kind of it's almost you know to see like a future hall of famer to have like their reputation like be at a low level like this you know kind of similar to somebody else we'll talk about spoiler alert it's it's, it's kind (laughs) of uh it'll be i think i think this season specifically will definitely play a huge factor into you know how dwight is looked at after his career um but I, i think he i think he has a solid legacy but I mean, will he be one of those players that we talk about, you know, 20 years down the line? Probably not that much. But, you know, he's definitely accomplished accomplished a lot in his career. Uh,
0: sure. You know, he's a eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, three-time Dep- Defensive Player of the Year, uh, five-time All-Defensive Team. You know, he definitely has the resume. Um, but, it's,
1: it's crazy. Well, hold on one second. It's crazy when you say those stats because, like, it kind of feels like kind of going back to his legacy, his reputation and whatnot, kind of feels like he hasn't, you know, really been that much since he's left the Magic. Which I know. Like, <laughs> which feels like so long ago, and it doesn't feel like he was on the Magic that long, so you can hear like eight-time, what do you say, eight-time defensive player? Well,
0: eight-time All-Star. You know, eight-time
1: All-Star. Yeah. Uh, like, it doesn't even feel like he accomplished that much, but just the fact that he did kind of shows, like, like you say, he's maybe underrated a little bit. Um, it's just kind of crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think he's definitely underappreciated. Um, you know, I think the narrative around his maturity, uh, I, I kind of hope that that deteriorates. I think that that's gone to blur and cloud a lot of the other things that he's accomplished in his career. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that at some point that kind of falls away and the, the numbers do speak for themselves. You know, I would like him to be recognized for his, his own court product and uh, not discriminated against for, you know, all of the other things that happened in his career away from the court. Uh, But nice transition into uh, our next, our next guy to talk about here. Mello, my guy, (laughs) my guy, man, I am so disappointed in Everything that is happening to Carmelo Anthony right now, seriously. I mean, stay mellow, man. This is, I'm just, I'm I'm a huge fan of Carmelo Anthony. You know, I think that first first ballot Hall of Famer, hands down. um, You know, he, throughout his career, he's done so much for the league in terms of just being who he is, you know, being a scorer, being a dog on the court. I mean, he, he's the man out there. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's going to end up on a team this season. You know, I do think that there are some teams that can use him. You know, specifically the Portland Trail Blazers and the Brooklyn Nets uh, could use him at the wing. But, you know, it's it's not looking too good for my guy.
1: <laughs> man, Melo, Melo, man, Melo's like the most disrespected player, man. This is it's, it's crazy. Man. I can't believe the disrespect that Mello gets. It's just, it disgusts me. It disgusts me, to be honest. It's
0: distasteful,
1: uh, man. I mean, he, he he's obviously not the player that he once was, but he belongs in the league. Like, he should have been in the league. You got players like, I don't know.
0: Michael Kidd-Gilchrist.
1: Dro- Michael Kidd-Gilchrist.
0: <laughs> in the league over Mello, man. Come on.
1: Dragon benders in the league over Melo. Can't believe it. Like, you can't tell me somebody wouldn't use Mello over Solomon Hill? Like... <laughs> It's just crazy that he can't, the list he, can't, goes on. he can't even get a roster spot, like, and, and, you know, obviously the narrative is out there, which, I mean, kind of self-inflicted that, uh, you know, you know he, he kind of messed it up because he didn't want to come off the bench for any team. But that was, like, what, three, I don't know, two, three years ago now? Like, yeah. he came off the bench for when he played for the Houston Rockets. He moved to the bench and was playing off the bench. And, you know, people – a lot of people were blaming Melo for the bad start that the Rockets had, you know, ignoring that. I think CP3 was hurt at the beginning of the season. Uh, there a lot, a lot of – they just were not playing Eric, well.
0: Eric Gordon's shooting percentage below off the cliff.
1: Oh, don't even get me started Eric Gordon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's not like the – I mean, Houston went on a run, you know, later in the season, but it wasn't like right after Melo left. Like, he definitely wasn't the problem. Uh, it took some time for them to find their groove. And, I, I mean, I think, you know, Mike D'Antoni is probably hating from from his time in New York. Uh,
0: that's probably
1: Uh But, yeah, it's just crazy. Like,
0: you know, Mike D'Antoni did have an interview with Zach Lowe, in which he stated that, you know, he had nothing against Melo. Um, you know, he was doing all that he could to, you know, put Melo in the right positions to, to be successful. But, you know, everything that happened in New York, that's definitely something that could be the case. You know, I, I just wish that he would shake this, uh, this stigma that has been put on him, you know. It, I know that it's difficult to do so, but like you said, man, there's just no way that he shouldn't be in the league right now. I mean, it's like, I
1: love, I love, I like Joe Johnson a lot, but the fact that Joe Johnson's still at 38 years old to get into the league before Melo, get back into the league before Melo, I mean, said. it's just kind of crazy.
0: Uh, At another team that needs wing depth, man.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, man, I, but I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if you know if we'll see him on an NBA roster this year. I, my guess, if I had to choose, I would say no. But I mean, I, I could see one team potentially giving him a chance. It's, just,
0: uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 really heartbreaking, man. I mean, Melo just deserves better. <laughs> <laughs> he just he deserves better, man. It's just. And, um,
1: and what Bron doing? Bron's supposed to be his boy. He's I know,
0: sl- man. Like, like, like signing Terry Dudley and. Bron got all of this pulled, man. Bring your boy to the team, man. It's it's.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it, but I, mean, I do. I do enjoy, you know, watching the the mellow clip, mellow clips on Instagram. You know, at the at the Black, was it, Black Ops runs or whatever, you know, you yeah. can there. It's good to see. Still hooping. Him. Yeah, Melo's still playing basketball, you know, still doing what he loves. Uh, I think I think Melo is probably the player that is
0: most respected by other NBA players and least respected by, you know, sports media and, you know, I guess everyone else. But, yeah, I think, I mean, everyone knows that he can hoop. You know, everyone knows that he can still he can still he can still be affected, you know. It's um I don't I don't know what it is. You know, I wish I was more keyed in to the league, you know, to to kind of understand what's going on then.
1: I, I, I think he playing I think he being blackballed to be honest. I mean, I'm 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 gonna just say it, you know for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know. I just, it, it just don't feel right. Like some it, it, it gotta be something it's, it's deeper than rap. It's deeper than rap, man. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you
0: know, he—I mean—he said on, on the first take interview that it was deeper than basketball, man. He said it has to be, and he made the same point. You know, there's no way that you, you can you can say that he can't make a poster. It's, it's mellow, man. Like, huh, stay mellow, man. Seriously, stay, stay mellow. mellow. <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll go over, off of that, man. We'll Before I shed a tear, seriously, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, so so Ben Simmons, your boy, man, he's uh he's shooting threes in these videos. Contested threes off the dribble. What's going on? Is that is that uh is that is that gonna be the, the case this year? Is he gonna keep that going?
1: Uh I guess two points I wanna make. I think the fact that, you know, he's allowing all these videos to be released, you know, highlighting his jump shot or whatever, which obviously still isn't perfect, still has a lot of work to do, but He's shooting them now. Uh, Just the fact that, you know, he's letting these videos be released, I think that's a big step. That's a positive step. It shows that he's confident. He's confident in the progress that he's made so far. Uh, And, you know, I think he'll, you know, start shooting some more jumpers this year finally. Uh, Then number two, uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but just the style of the shots that he's taking, like he's not just taking, you know, only set shots, only when he's wide open. He's taking, you know, shots off the dribble, fadeaways from like five feet behind the line, uh pull ups, you know, he's taking all types of or step he's taking step backs. So he's mm-hmm. taking all kind of all types of shots that like real shooters will shoot. And I think that's a positive sign as well that sure. he feels very confident in um in his jumper now. Uh I think I think, you know, I would predict he's going to hit a three opening, opening night. I'm just going to predict that right now.
0: Hey, I want to see it. I want to see it. He has to. I just, I don't, I don't care. If, you know, Ben Simmons comes in and he he misses. You know, his first five. I just want to see him. I just want to see him shoot with confidence, man. That's that's really all I want to see from him this year. Um, if he can end the year between, you know, if he if he's actually taking, you know, a, a nice sample size of threes each game. If he can end, you know, between 30 and 33 percent, that would be major for his career. Um, if, you know, I, of course, that's a long shot for sure. Um, you know, if he, because I mean, with his with his skill set, his talent level, his size, and agility, and everything that he can do on the court, if he were to ever get his three-point shot above 36 percent, it's just going to be dangerous for the NBA. Right? Like <laughs> seriously. Yeah.
1: And even probably more immediate for this season, we kinda, we kind of seen like a little sneak preview of it in the, in the Chris Johnson clips, but his free throw shooting also will be a, uh, a big deal, a major factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he can shoot over 70% from the line this year. I think that'll help a lot. I think he'll probably be more aggressive going to the basket, not shy away from contact as much uh, because he'll be more confident in himself at the line and I think that'll be, that'll be, that'll be major if, if he could get to that level this year and just, you know, be comfortable shooting a few, a few jumpers a game, you know, shoot when he's open. Um, I think, I think we'll at least see that, you know, the percentage might not be good, but it'll be a step forward, step in the right direction. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, what I don't want to see is, you know, him settling, you know, I I do want to see him shooting, shooting with confidence, but I definitely want to still see him attacking uh, Philly needs him this year in a big way. Um, you know, this is, this is Philly's year to, to, you know, as we discussed previously, you know, this is Philly's year to, to be, you know, one of the, the, the one, two, the top two teams in the conference. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan for them to to be the number one seed in the East this year. And, you know, Ben's, Ben has to be a large part of that. So. You know, I just hope that he continues to to develop that and, you know, shoot with confidence. And, you know, if if, if the defense has to respect that shot, you know, that's just going to open up more space, more le- lanes for him to drive and create and score. Um, so it would uh, yeah. be, be nice to see.
1: And one last thing I want to mention, he definitely has a lot of incentive, which I, another reason I think he'll be shooting more this year uh, with the, the way his contract is structured uh if he makes the all nba team he can make it depends what level of all nba he makes but he can make up to 30 million more i think on his contract mm-hmm. or somewhere around that so he definitely has a lot of incentive you know to 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 ball out this year and and do what he can to make that team so i I, I feel like that's a a big driving factor and why we're seeing him you know really try to work on that focus on that now for sure for sure and the Sixers are smart for in that way because it kind of works out for both sides if, you know, if everything uh, goes how they plan.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if, if if Ben doesn't take a large step forward this year, do you think that, you know, the Philadelphia fan base begins to lose their patience a bit with him?
1: Um, maybe a certain a certain section, a certain section of the fans might, but... Uh, but I think I think most I think most fans will will be reasonable. I think they'll just as long I think they'll just be happy to see him shoot. I don't think anybody's really expecting that much, you know, as far as like him actually making them. <laughs> Sounds kind of bad to say, but as yeah. long as we see, you know him actually take the shots, I think fans will be happy with that. I mean, his he's going to be great, you know, everywhere else on the floor. Uh, if they. Make it. I guess depending on how far they make it into the playoffs might play a factor into that too. But he kind of, I mean, like I said, he already does a lot of things well. So uh, just to see, you know, that willingness to add that part of his game, I think people will be happy.
0: For sure. For sure. Uh, Now, you know, another guy that you are a huge fan of, you know, I believe he's still your favorite player, uh, Andre Iguodala he's uh with the memphis grizzlies right now um is he going to be traded is, do you think he's a buyout candidate or is he going to stay with memphis for the year uh
1: man it's a shame what the, the grizzlies are doing to the finals mvp uh gold medalist future hall of famer uh you don't have to run it out <laughs> man free 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 a good dollar man free a good dollar it's kind of crazy I, mean, I kinda see why Memphis is doing it. You know, they have a young team. They want to get some obviously Andre's probably probably one one of the one of the smartest uh, players in one the, league. the one of the smartest players in the game on and off the court. Uh so they definitely want him around for a good influence. Um uh but I think eventually the, the team will give in and if, if Andre wants to leave, which I assume he does, uh I, I think eventually the team will give in and buy him out and let him go somewhere. They're just kinda, you know, playing hardball right now. Um
0: You don't smart. think you don't think Andre has any interest or desire uh with you know kinda taking a year off um out of the spot out of the spotlight and you being in a, a smaller market?
1: Nah, he I think he I mean he's already uh hinted at, you know, he's close to retiring. I think I honestly think this it, this might be his last year, if not this year then the next year. Uh, so I think he wants to, you know, have one more shot to be on a contending team, uh, contend for a championship, add another ring, maybe Finals MVP to his to his you know <laughs> to his trophy case at home. So you know, I definitely think he wants to be on a good team, and so he can ride out have a good last basketball year and, and ride out into whatever he wants to do next.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you did you start reading his book yet?
1: No, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm actually, uh, I need to finish up this other book first. But, yeah, I definitely recently received the book as a gift and uh, definitely look forward to reading through that. Uh, Sure, there's a lot of, uh, you know, inspiring, you know, anecdotes and a lot of good information in there. Hopefully some, some good basketball stories as well. So I'm looking forward to reading that. For sure, for sure. I may have
0: to pick that one up myself. Cool. So, um, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, two two L.A. teams. Um, you know, we, we see them in the gym early. You know, they, they came together working out early this year. Um, we have Patrick Beverly outside on the beach in the sand, working out in Butters, <laughs> which is insane. That's uh, Timberland Boots. Uh, he saw, he saw Joe. For, for anyone who needs clarification, um, no, I, I like it, man. I <laughs> I like Patrick Beverly a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, the Clippers, man, they just look different. They look different. I don't know. It's um, I don't know what it is, but just something about them this year, man. It's just an, it's just kind of an aura there. Um, the arrival of Kawhi and PG. I, just, I couldn't believe it when I heard those two names together. I, I'm, I'm going to make this statement and mean it, you know, Kawhi and PG have to be the most perfect pairing of wings ever in the history of basketball. Seriously. Oh. I'm serious. Like, 100%. Like, they are... What, what do they not do? Mike,
1: Mike, Mike and Scotty say
0: hello. Mike and Scotty are great, but what I, I think that Kawhi and first of all, Kawhi is like Michael Jordan reincarnated with a three-point jumper, and PG is more versatile than Sky. So, I just, I just think we can we can have that conversation another day, man. I'm just saying, you know, the Clippers the Clippers look they look really good this year. You know, Doc Rivers is uh, you know of course a great coach. Uh, Steve Ballmer came in to. Uh, you know, of course, the, the new owner of the Clippers, he really came in to kind of change the dynamic. He's worked hard. They really put, you know, everything into to get uh, Kawhi and PG there. They still have Patrick Beverly. They still have Landry um who is going to be a great shooter this year. They still have Montrell have Harrell with the attitude. Um, they got a Zubac from the Lakers for nothing. I mean, they're, they're ready to go. <laughs> they, got, they have Mark Moore Hartley. They're ready to go. The Clippers, the Clippers are my favorite um, to to win the West this year. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to really get into the playoff matchups and see how I think that's going to turn out. But I think the Clippers are going to definitely have sixty to sixty-five win season and be the talk of the town this year.
1: Yeah, you know what we'll do? Going back to the uh, Mike and Scotty argument. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna figure out how to do this, but we're gonna chop that up. And post it on our IG. See what our listeners think. Okay. Mike and Scotty versus Kawhi and PG. Who's a better pairing?
0: I mean, when I when I you know when I actually thought about that statement, when I thought about that statement, Don't Mike try and to Scottie, Now they were the ones that came up, but I'm stick I'm sticking with my statement. Kawhi and PG are the most perfect pairing of wings ever in the history of basketball. All
1: right, we'll see. We'll see. All uh, right. but yeah. I, I, as far as the Clippers, yeah, like the vibe, the vibe this summer, I mean, it was crazy. I, obviously, when they first got Kawhi, you know, you had um, Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly posted online. You could tell they were super excited. Um, everybody's just feeling good over there. And they, how could I mean, it's crazy, it's, it's, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy, like, to think, you know, how far the Clippers have come. Like, you know, would have never imagined something like this what, maybe 10 years ago or so. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a different. Uh, it's a different feeling in in LA, man. The Clippers Clippers are trying to take that that title as like the best team. Or, I'll, I you know obviously it will never be a Clipper town. Lakers are just too historically great. But, sure. You know, the Clippers are trying to you know have their moment in the sun. And as far as like the players, you could tell um, they definitely you know they they know they're one of the favorites uh, in the media's eyes this year and they 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 definitely want to take advantage of this opportunity. I think they're hungry. Uh and it's 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 kind of cool to see, you know, the team get together early, you know, before training camp starts or anything like that. They're just already trying to be around each other, build that chemistry and, you know, get better and get ready for the season. So, it's definitely uh definitely cool to see.
0: For sure. And you know, the the Clippers, they kind of you know, they, they kind of just have that organic feel to me. Something that was built, even though it wasn't, you know, it feels like it was something that was built from the ground up because they have those other pieces in place and, you know, they they added in the two superstars. Um, But it just feels like it floats. You know, it kind of looks great on paper. You know, I I feel that PG and Kawhi are going to play really well together. Um, While, you know, their their counterpart in LA, the Lakers, you know, they just don't give me that same vibe. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's just, um, you know, of course, this is this is kind of a make-or-break season for the Lakers. Uh, you know, they, they definitely need to be a winning team now uh, with LeBron and AD on the roster. But it just doesn't feel like, you know, it, it flows as well. It doesn't feel, feel like it, it fits as seamlessly. Uh, it definitely feels like they have more things to work out. Uh, while, you know, I, I feel that the Clippers, I just think that the moment they step on the court, it's just going to work.
1: I'm not quite there with the Clippers yet. Uh, I'll save most of my thoughts for the breakdown. But uh, as far as the Lakers, uh, I kind of I kind of agree with you a little bit. Bronze um, Bronze trying to, you know, I guess you know get the get the players together early and you know build that chemistry as well. But I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't. I I guess maybe part of it's due to like to have other things going on with the. Uh, Boogie Cousins' injury was, was very sad, man. I feel so sad for Boogie. Absolutely, man. It's, it's, cra- it's kind of crazy how his body is just failing him. But I hope he can, you know, come back and have some good years. But, you know, they had that injury. Then you have Dwight Howard situation. It's just, I don't know, the Lakers always have a lot more drama going on. So maybe that's taken away from, like, you know, some of the good vibes of the se- of the offseason. But, uh, you know, I think it's – Uh, I think it's funny just that, you know, obviously I I think these two teams obviously know, uh, I mean, they obviously know that they're big targets in the West. You know, they share the same building. I think there's a lot of, you know, pride going on there, and they both, you know, they both want to perform better than the other team. And I think there's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a rivalry kind of building up there. It will be interesting to see them, you know, have their battles during the season. Uh I think they play open they play they play open tonight? I think they play open tonight, but they'll definitely obviously have four matchups throughout the season. It'll be interesting to see how they go over uh during over the duration um as the season progresses. Um I'm
0: interested to see if there are any uh you know, bandwagon fans that kind of come out of the blue here. Um, you know, it would be it would be really intriguing to see if the uh Lakers arena at any point like you said, you know, I don't think it will happen, but if you start to see, you know, kind of a 50-50 spread uh, between Clippers and Lakers fans uh, when they play uh, in the Staples Center. Uh, you know, years past, whenever a Clipper – whenever it was a Clippers-Lakers game, you know, it was really a home game for the Lakers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if that uh, that dynamic changes at all this year.
1: Uh, I think I think you'll see – I think you'll see a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of switching going on. People switching sides and switching back and forth. You might have another moment like, was it the guy took off his Warriors jersey and saw a Cavs jersey or something like
0: that? Yeah,
1: There's a lot of good, that going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's definitely going to be a fun. It's definitely going to be fun in LA this year. For sure, for sure. Right.
0: Anthony yeah. Davis, he said he wanted a uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He wanted uh, LeBron to get first-team all-defense. Um, I think Anthony Davis can definitely get defensive, defensive player of the year whenever he wants, um, and, you know, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, it sounds good that he wants these things, um, you know, but I really think it, it'll come down more to team defense and success more than their individual efforts. So I don't know, you know, where that statement really stands.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the he- right in the head there about you know talking about him and bro. I think it's, that's the other interesting thing about you know the the Lakers versus the Clippers. You know the Lakers have, obviously have these outsized um, superstar personalities. You know a lot of focus is on them. They want the focus on them. You know especially LeBron. Uh, you have these two guys. Uh, AD obviously talking about himself. If AD gets helps LeBron get on uh, first-team all-defense or any all-defensive team, he deserves, you know, he deserves It's a miracle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then you contrast it with uh, the Clippers, who have you obviously have Kawhi, you know, one of the quietest superstars ever to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you have PG, who's, you know, who's kind of low-key as well. Then you have uh, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly. It's kind of more of like a kind of more of like uh you know, grittier, like let's just play basketball and win type of vibe right. where, you know, LA is, or the Lakers, are obviously, and they've always, and they always have been just a little bit more Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like they're, you know, obviously rivals playing in the same city, but they also like, uh, contrast each other heavily. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out on the basketball court.
0: Yeah, man. The season is so close. I am so excited. It's it's just it's right around the corner and um I think a lot of nice storylines are starting to open up uh to, to give us some uh some intrigue during the season. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, you know, that kind of wraps up with you know what I wanted to discuss today. Uh did you have any anything else to add?
1: Nah, man. I mean, that's kind of what's going on in the basketball world these days. Uh, Hopefully, I'm just ready for the season to start. We'll have a lot more things to talk about, you know. For sure. Training training camp's coming up soon. I think that may start this month, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Training camp's coming up soon, so we'll have media days and, you know, a lot more excitement about the season coming up.
0: For Uh, sure. And, you know, if you guys want to keep up with everything that's going on in the league, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram more so right now uh, at. Oh, follow both. And WAP. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, you know, we're at Canon and WAP on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, we are going to be posting, you know, heavily, you know, letting you guys know what's going on around the league. Uh, Please, you know, engage with us. You know, we we love to talk to you guys, love to debate with you guys. Um, and, you know, we look forward to, again, look forward to talking uh, about basketball all throughout the season with you.
1: Yes, sir. All
0: right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we will see you guys uh, for episode five when we start to break down the Western Conference. Uh, so, canon out. Wow. Stay mellow. <laughs> all right, guys.